Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. How are you guys doing? Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to the Nick Wilson Show. Sounds like a typical bastard. What's going on in Nick Wilson's mind? My mind is a raging torrent flooded with rivulets of thought. You're about to find out. Look who knows so much. Nick Wilson is on now. Sports Radio 92.7 FNC. Welcome into the noon hour of the Nick Wilson Show. If you, listen, Charming or Chach is a segment designed to be off the rails, and somehow that segment was so far off the rails, we have to reclassify how far off the rails it was. If you want to re-listen to it, WFNZ.com for the full bits, hours, and interviews of the Nick Wilson Show in the Nick Wilson Show podcast. We have plenty to get to. The Baker Mayfield press conference coming up at 1230. You're going to hear it right here on Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. We'll react to it as well. We're going to have the five questions. I haven't determined when we're going to do the five questions yet because of the the way the schedule fell today. But Bill Ryder also joins us at uh, 1. We'll, we'll hear what you guys, what do you want to hear from Baker Mayfield and Scott Fitterer today? Is there anything specifically you want to hear from me? I'm ready to be pumped up. I, I need Baker to hit us up with, I woke up feeling dangerous. I I know we're probably not going to get it, but if I could just get like a, a slogan to rally around with Baker Mayfield, I'd be very happy. In the meantime, our next guest will react to the Baker Mayfield move. Our next guest is very patient because I told him we agreed on noon two days ago. I, for some reason, thought it was 1220. And then asked him if he could move to noon today when he informed me, nope, that's been the plan all along. Uh, he is one of the good dudes. He's been one of my favorite guests that we've had on the Nick Wilson show back when it was Wilson and Parcel, back when it was Wilson and Norfleet. Um, and now the Nick Wilson show. He is the host of the Ross Tucker football podcast. You can check out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. Now we also have to get to his great partnership with my front page The legendary Ross Tucker. What's up, buddy? Nick, what's up, man? How are you? We're doing all right. So the last time you and I had communicated on social media, you were standing in front of one of those beach ice cream carts, and you had asked people, like, what's your go-to? But I don't think I ever got your answer. So wh what is your ice cream cart go-to selection? Oh, man. that That's a tough one, actually. Um, I... I I, I kind of need the spirit to move me. And also, I think it's important to know brands are important. In other words, I would typically say like a chocolate chip cookie ice cream sandwich deal, like a chip wish, you know. But not all chip wish brands are created equal. Some of them are garbage. Like I can tell you right now, the Nestle, there's nothing better than a Nestle chocolate chip ice cream sandwich. Somehow, both of the chocolate chip cookies are huge, but still like soft and tender for the initial entry of my teeth. And then the ice cream is delicious. Other times, you'll get it and like the ice cream's rock hard, the cookies rock hard, doesn't taste good. So a good, like, Nestle Toll House 
chocolate chip cookie ice cream sandwich deal. We used to call them chip witches, but these are actually better chip witches than the actual chip witch, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And also your take on it's very much you got to be in the moment with it. But I so that's usually how I am. But in like the last like six weeks, I've discovered Blue Bunny, another great brand, has loaded bars, these ice cream bars. So like they've got moose tracks, they've got uh, a strawberry shortcake. And Ross, I was doing really well on my lifestyle change and diet until I found about these bars because they are addictive. And that's where I've gone recently is Blue Bunny loaded bars. You know what I like every once in a while? Um, I like just like an orange creamsicle. You know, you got the orange on the outside, then you get the vanilla ice cream inside of it. It's like it's hot. You're at the beach or the pool or whatever. It's kind of refreshing. Um, but then, but then there's also like a chocolate, a choco taco there, or a nutty buddy, or you know, like a chocolatey Claire. I mean, there's, there's so many choices. I will say this, and this is, I mean, I know you just had a segment that was off the rails or whatever, which is kind of my specialty. <laughs> I don't understand. Are we all in agreement as a society, Nick, that soft chocolate chip cookies are better than hard? Uh, that is my agreement. Uh, no disrespect to hard chocolate chip cookies, but you get a good soft batch cookie, and it'll, it'll change your life. It'll change your perspective on the world. So, so here's my question. I don't. I'm not aware of a human being that uh, that prefers hard chocolate chip cookies, like a Chips Ahoy, over like a soft batch chocolate chip cookie. So my question is: In 2022, why are we still making hard cookies if everybody prefers soft cookies? I don't get it. I think that's it. Well, okay. Okay. Can if I, if I can allow, again, I'm not one of these Cretans who believe this or Cretans who believe this, but they are, uh, I can understand if you like the way those cookies dunk in milk. I, I will still go back to soft batch, but a, a alternative theory is maybe some people prefer the way they hold up in milk when you dunk them and then uh, chew on them. No, because it's better. <laughs> it's still better to put a soft cookie in milk. You got to do it quick. Otherwise, it'll break apart. But listen, what's the worst thing that can happen? Part of the soft cookie falls into the milk? That's great then. Then the milk is delicious. You have two options. You either take a spoon and you have a delicious bite of soft chocolate chip cookie in the milk, almost like it's cereal, or you simply wait till the end, and at the very end of your milk, you have two or three bites of cookie that have just been dissolving and just waiting for you the whole time. The soft cookie's still better. Mm, we've got a 252 number and a 704 number on our Garage Door Guru text line that is hard batch OGs over here. But uh, I'm in agreement with you uh, on every level about the, uh, the, the hard batch versus soft batch cookie thing. Uh, Ross Tucker of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast on the guest line. Uh, we do have the Baker Mayfield press conference coming up at 1230. I guess like we we now have a talk sports guy on the guest line. So I guess we'll get to his thoughts on this. Um, are you a fan and were you a fan of the Baker Mayfield trade for the Carolina Panthers? So two things. Yes, I am a fan in the sense that they they didn't really have any other choice other than waiting for Garoppolo. So I'll take a step back. I am a fan of Carolina adding a quarterback. 
I probably would have preferred Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know, and maybe you know you're down there. Maybe you can tell me why they preferred Baker. Maybe it's because Jimmy's coming off the shoulder injury, but Baker's coming off the shoulder injury too, and Jimmy has proven more than Baker has. I guess part of the thought process is, you know, Baker theoretically could be the guy long term, whereas perhaps they don't feel that way about Jimmy. Um, I, I that would be one of the first questions I would ask them that they'd never answer it. But why did you prefer Baker over Jimmy? But they couldn't go into the season with just Darnold and Corral. I mean that that couldn't happen. So I'm a fan that they got somebody else, and I am a big fan that they only gave up a fifth round pick and they only paid them four and a half million dollars. Yeah, I think the price is what took it to another level. I also think like. You've got to have some real concerns. Like, there is no better situation than any quarterback's been in the last five years than Jimmy Garoppolo with one of the all-time great offensive lines and all-time great defense and maybe the best signal caller in the NFL. I, I, I would not doubt that some, and maybe in Carolina, maybe not, that some teams are afraid of what Jimmy will look like in a less-than-great situation. Yeah, I can see that, um, but... Man, I mean, he's a guy that's kind of been there and done that, right? I mean, he's kind of he's played in big games. He almost won a Super Bowl. He's gotten them to another NFC Championship this past year. Uh, so I can see that. Um, I would love to know how much of it is Carolina preferring Baker to Jimmy versus the health versus, you know, maybe the Niners wouldn't have wanted to eat as much of the money as Cleveland did. Ross Tucker, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, on the guest line here. Uh, let's look at the quarterback positions, quarterback battles across the NFL outside of Carolina. Are there any other quarterback battles, quarterback conundrums, quarterback whatever the hell we call them anymore, quarterback controversies that you're most interested this year? Well, let me let me. I want to I want to jump back to something, Nick, before I forget, because I don't ever really care uh, typically about what players say at a press conference, but everybody needs to stay tuned at 1230 because this is one of the rare times where I actually do think Baker's press conference is pretty important. You know, a big reason why he's not in Cleveland anymore is because of how he conducts himself, how he conducts himself with the media. You know, even last year he was, talking about issues. He didn't talk to the media after a win. I mean, a big reason why he's not there anymore is because of his behavior and basically acting in a way that's unbecoming of a franchise quarterback. I am fascinated to hear in 22 minutes, does he continue that? And, hey, this is just who I am and I got a chip on my shoulder. Does he do what you want him to do, Nick, which is give you a slogan and get you fired up? Or does he change his ways a little bit? Is he humbled a little bit by what's happened in Cleveland? I'm, I'm fascinated to hear what he says and how he conducts himself. Ross, uh, looking to another quarterback situation, I'm sure you're familiar with it. Uh, the Zach Wilson situation, uh, his ex, his ex fiance is now dating 
I'm assuming his ex-best friend and then his ex-fiance uh, accused Zach Wilson of sleeping with his mom's best friend. Do you feel good about anybody in the Zach Wilson situation? Uh, I mean, I feel great about Zach Wilson, depending on uh, a number of factors. I mean, first of all, what is going on in 2022? And I have still, as of yet, been unable to find a picture of his mom's best friend. That's a good point. I mean, that's a critical, critical component of this. So what are you doing, people, on the Internet? I mean, it's, if, if it's not about going on Facebook, which is probably where she's at, and finding a picture of Zach Wilson's mom's best friend and putting it on the internet for me and Nick Wilson, then what are you even doing with your life? That's number one. Number two, I need a reaction from Zach Wilson's mom. Is, is she horrified? Is she totally okay with it? Like, that's another big piece. Of, I mean, either way, Zach Wilson is going to get a lot of props from his teammates, right or wrong, I, I'm not judging. I know we're in talking in Charlotte, North Carolina right now. I'm not judging. I just, I would love to know what Zach's mom thinks about this. And the conversation, like, I'm assuming, did Zach's, mom's already, did Zach's mom already know? Or did Zach then have to say something to his mom about it? I mean, if Zach ex-fiance or whatever, ex-girlfriend, if she knew about it, I'm assuming Zach's mom knew about it. Did she confront her best friend? Did she ask probing questions about, like, her son's performance off the field? I mean, there's a lot there. Do you think that if Zach's mom is mad at him, that an apology from Zach Wilson to his mom from MyFrontPageStory.com. Do you think it could help ease the tension in the Wilson household? This is why you're the best in the business, Nick Wilson. This is why anytime you ask me to go on, if I can, I do it. That's an amazing segue. That should be textbook. Like Radio 101 at Syracuse, whatever, Ball State. You went to Ball State, right? Uh, Bowling Green. We are. Uh, we're an Ivy League school now. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. Same. Those are all. Those schools are all the same. So anyway, so I do those games on TV. I've been to all of them. They're all the same. So um, my point is this, though. Yes, it would be a great apology. What he should get for his mom is maybe for his anniver her anniversary, or for a birthday, or maybe just to say I'm sorry. Get her a story about how wonderful a mom she is with quotes from him, maybe his siblings. That will go a long way. His mom will read it. She'll see the quotes. Oh, Zach loves me. And, okay, he's a 22-year-old boy. Like, I get it. It's not really his fault. It's my best friend's fault. I should be mad at my best friend, not mad at my son, who just did what most 22-year-old men would do. This is why Zach Wilson needs to start listening to your and my advice. I think we've solved it here. Follow this man on the Twitter machine at Ross Tucker NFL. Ross, you're the best, buddy. Thanks for being a part of the show. Uh, I appreciate you. Absolutely, Nick. Anytime you know that. Take care. Good man. Ross Tucker there of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Love that dude. One of, one of my favorite guests we've ever had on this station. When we come back. We're going to be getting you ready for the Baker Mayfield press conference, which is coming up at 1230 right here on the station on Sports Radio 92.7 FNC.
Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. Great stuff just now with Ross Tucker. We'll get to uh, uh, our reaction to some of the stuff he had to say in just a moment here. But some interesting uh, thought processes coming out of the Scott Fitterer press conference, which... Uh, which which happened or started right around noon. Of course, we're going to be carrying the Baker Mayfield press conference live coming up at 12.30. But uh, the first thing he got out of the way right away, Panthers GM, and I'm, I'm going to just read some of these things from Will Kunkel, uh, at Will Kunkel Fox, uh, from his, uh, his Twitter account, because he's live tweeting this, saying, uh, Panthers GM Scott Fitter says he's excited for the Browns versus, or sorry, he's excited for the Sam Darnold versus Baker Mayfield competition. He says the quarterback room will make them better this year. Um, I'm just going to say this, Scott, I love you. Uh, itty bitty fitties, uh, big bitty fitty dad, I love you. I really do. And I, I like Scott Fitter a lot. And I, I, and, I might bash the guy. I like the man that is Matt Rule. They're lying to you. They just don't. Listen, the reality is for Sam Darnold and Matt Corral, trading for a guy on July 6th is about as clear of a moment as saying that that guy's going to be the starting quarterback. If you really thought either Sam Darnold or Matt Corral should be the starting quarterback, you're not trading for another starting quarterback, a guy who is objectively better than them on July 6th. But... Considering the work that Sam Darnold and Matt Corral have already put in, if you're the Panthers, if you're Matt Rule, and you're trying to get the locker room to buy in, the best thing you can do is lie about a quarterback battle. Because then, if you don't want to close the door on specifically Matt Corral, not necessarily Sam Darnold, but specifically Matt Corral, and you want the locker room to unite by whoever clearly wins the job, the reason why I don't think it's going to be a real quarterback competition is pretty simple. Baker Mayfield has been and is the better quarterback than Sam Darnold. Matt Corral should not start this year unless he is a head and shoulders above the other two quarterbacks. So it makes a lot of sense for Matt Rule, who needs something to unify this locker room around. Right? Matt, Matt Rule knows that there's blood in the water on his career in the NFL. So it is very intelligent for the Panthers to put this out there as a quarterback competition. When you and I know, unless injury happens, Baker's probably going to 99% chance Baker Mayfield starts week one. They're doing this for the 1% chance so they don't have to walk back if he doesn't win it. And they're doing this to keep from deflating Sam Darnold and or Matt Corral. Because... The truth will out in the NFL locker room. The NFL, the locker room will know who the starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers is probably even before Matt Rule. So even though it's annoying to hear them say, and I've made fun of them for saying, oh, we're going to have a quarterback competition, that actually is a sign that that this is, that's what you should be saying on July 12th. If If you're still saying it on September 1st, or if Sam Darnold starts week one and it isn't because of injuries to Baker Mayfield and or Matt Corral, then this whole thing is screwed. But that's exactly what the Panthers are handling that right. Some of the other things coming out, um, again, the, the word or the, the phraseology here being used is that the quarterback job is an open competition. Um, also, he said, he being Scott Fitter, Panthers GM says that uh, the team had a deadline of the July 4th weekend to make a deal for the quarterback. He said that deadline helped spur action with the Cleveland Browns because the Cleveland Browns knew they had no leverage. 
That's why you got the best starting quarterback you've had since the first eight games of this year. Everybody else's quarterback situations were set. So it's either trade him to Carolina, release him and get nothing, and still pay his full freight, or hope to God that somebody gets significantly hurt in training camp around the NFL. They took The Browns took the best path forward here. And also, um, he then went on to say that uh, the, the Panthers first had conversations with the Browns about Baker Mayfield just before the draft, and that during the draft, that the compensation they were willing to send to the Browns was higher, and then Matt Corral's fall... Um, I can't remember what the phrasing was, but essentially changed the situation and took the onus off needing to trade for Baker Mayfield. So those are some of the things coming out of Scott Fitterer's press conference. Uh, As we move into this next segment here, we do have a Baker Mayfield's press conference is going to be live on this station coming up at 1230. And I'm not only am I excited for Baker Mayfield, I'm excited to hear how Baker talks because I wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers went to Baker and coached him up on saying the right things. At some point, though, I want the old Baker Mayfield. I don't care that it's what ended things in Cleveland. What ended things in Cleveland is they didn't win enough. What got Baker Mayfield to the NFL, what got Baker Mayfield to a playoff win in Pittsburgh without a head coach and half of the coaching staff, the first road playoff win since Bernie Kosar and Bill Belichick were on the sidelines in Cleveland, what got him there was the attitude. What got him there is the bygomas. It's not being humble, cute, and, and cuddly. Doesn't have to be today, but at some point, I need to see Baker get that swagger back. I'd love it if it was today, but I'll accept any otherwise. The Baker Mayfield Press Conference next on Sports Radio, 92.7 FNC. Sports Radio, 92.7 FNC. Welcome back to the Nick Wilson Show. Uh, We are awaiting Baker Mayfield stepping to the Zoom? Stepping to the dais? Where the hell they're uh, doing this press conference? Uh, no, Charlotte Media is going to get their first chance to speak with Baker Mayfield any second now. The second that it happens, uh, we're going to go out live to the Zoom call. And I am interested. I'm intrigued by this press conference. I'm interested to see how Baker handles it because, as you and I both know, the guy's a bit of a wild card. That just happens to be why I like Baker. But... Uh, one quick news to pass along here. I've seen it from a few accounts here. No Charlotte FC representatives in the MLS All-Star game. Uh, there had been some thoughts that Christian Fuchs could be involved, maybe not as a player, but in some other role, as some sort of honorary role, just to make sure that Charlotte FC is included. Um, so the more we have on that, we'll let you know. But I, I think there, I think you heard it when, when Ross uh, talked about Baker Mayfield uh, earlier this hour. I think you've heard a lot of guys feel this way about Baker Mayfield. I said in the last segment to go out. He doesn't have to be today. Baker Mayfield doesn't have to wake up feeling dangerous today. I understand if Baker, given that it's a quarterback competition, given the the weight of noise around Cleveland, if Baker just comes out and says the right things today and wins the press conference traditionally. But at some point before the season tips off, I want the shenanigans back with Baker Mayfield. I do because that's what makes Baker Mayfield great is that Baker Mayfield has literally no problems rocking the boat. I want that guy. I think that's what the Carolina Panthers need, quite frankly. The Carolina Panthers have been a low-T organization since Cam Newton left. 
Teddy and Matt Rule and Joe Brady, nobody said anything. Nobody nobody has struck me in that organization on the field as a as a tremendous fiery leader. Not every leader needs to be a rah rah go get 'em, rock 'em, sock 'em kind of guy. You still do need those guys in the locker room. You need guys who have lived through the NFL wars more than just, oh, well, you were drafted by Matt Rule and have been here and you owe your NFL career to him. One of the biggest mistakes I thought they made last offseason was cutting Trey Boston, a guy who's got great energy, who is fiery, who brings something, and they did it to save a couple million dollars in salary cap. And oh, by the way, their safety play sucked last year. Coincidence? I think not. Baker Mayfield's style of leadership, I think, is what's missing. It's why when Cam Newton, another guy who's rah-rah, energy, heart, they plug that dude in that locker room, what happened? Week one, P.J. Walker looked, or sorry, the first week Cam was back, P.J. Walker looked like friggin' Joe Montana. The second week, Cam Newton was a big part of competitiveness. Now, as defenses started to close in on Cam and his limitations because of injuries, stacked up well it started to go away but when cam newton was performing last year when he walked into that locker room it gave this organization a significant shot in the arm i think that's what baker mayfield is going to be for the carolina panthers but not if he comes out in his beta baker i would be shocked if baker mayfield ever turns into a beta and you know what it is because ross if you if you listen to it's coded language around the nfl Ross Ross made his bones as an undrafted free agent, as a guy who was an NFL journeyman, so I have no problem with him uh, having this, this philosophy. But the biggest problem with everybody with Baker Mayfield is he doesn't look, walk, talk, and act like an NFL quarterback. He doesn't come out here. By the way, guys, you know who does? Sam Darnold. And he's trash. You know who does? Teddy Bridgewater. He's not good enough. You know who, who is another great person at saying absolutely nothing? Kyle Allen. And the problem is, when the, when things went sideways, those guys didn't have a personality or, or a fiery brand to fall back on. Give me the full Baker Mayfield experience. And we're going to go ahead and go out here to Bank of America Stadium. Here's Baker Mayfield's first press conference with the Carolina Panthers. It, you muted yourself, Steve. Okay. Um, hey, Baker, Steve Reed from the Associated Press. Uh, welcome to Charlotte, first of all. Uh, I just wonder if you could speak to, um, you know, th this situation um, and, and coming to Charlotte. And, you know, when you look back at Cleveland, is there is there, you know, any animosity on your part? Appreciate the welcoming. Um, no, I'm extremely excited for, for this new start in uh, Charlotte. Um, obviously, I think it's kind of known now some familiar faces there some some people that I know and a lot more to meet and uh it's just an exciting time for myself and my family and just this new chapter um no animosity towards Cleveland it's a, a good football town that you know gave me the first four years of my career and uh thankful for those those you know trials and tribulations all the challenges a lot to learn from and look back on and reflect but just really focused on right now and, and being a Carolina Panther and uh you know, pumped up to do so. That said, how uh, how much are you looking forward to that week one? You know, anytime you get to put the pads on, you know, the, for the first time, you know, it's live fire. It's it's always a great time. Obviously, it, it's going to be a special one. It's going to be a home game and, and playing against a former team. 
um, you know, a similar situation of what I've gone through in the past when transferring from college to college. So uh, got to handle it the best way possible. And, you know, my job is to put our team in the best position to win. And however I can help do that, that's, that's what I'm going to do. Welcome, Baker. Josh Graham, WSJS. Given where Cleveland was when you arrived there and really the heights that you achieved not even a couple of years ago, how surprised are you about the way this offseason shook out? You know, I, I think, you know, that's why it was surprising for everybody. Um, pretty unexpected. But, you know, if, I, if I'm focused on the past, then I'm not doing my job and, you know, being a Carolina Panther now. So I'm like I said, I'm grateful for my time there. Uh, yeah, shocked. I'd say it was, you know, pretty much the only way to describe it. But you roll with the punches and you got to move forward. You know, this is a, a test of adversity and how I'm going to handle it and how I can move forward and be the best teammate possible with with our new home. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm sure you hear what people say publicly, even if you try to drown it out. Do you feel you get enough credit for what you did with Cleveland in that playoff run a couple of years back? You know what? It, Cleveland's a special place and there's there's teammates and friendships and bonds that uh, we all contributed to that that special run and to, to help turn that around. There's guys that lifelong friendships that I'll have um, that, are, that are very special to me, near and dear to Emily and I, that uh, we'll, we'll never forget about. Um, but it's I'm never a, a me guy. I'm a, I'm a team first win guy. And uh, we had we had a good time there. And, you know, I'm looking forward to being able to contribute with Carolina now. We're going to go to Will Kunkel and then Scott Fowler, please. Hey, Baker. Welcome to Charlotte, man. Um, Thank you. Here with Fox Charlotte, Queen City News, home of your Carolina Panthers. Uh, what kind of went into Ooh. you taking that three and a half million dollar pay cut? What was that conversation like? Was that difficult? Was that on the table from the start? You kind of walk me through that. Yeah, for me, um, <laughs> that process was definitely interesting. I don't think there was any manual for it. Um, you know, you, you've seen guys give up money in part ways, but uh, it's not very often that it's a guaranteed contract uh, that, that it happens with. And, you know, for me, it was it was about the next steps forward um, and, and finding a new place somewhere that wanted me somewhere that, um, you know, that I, I would be able to go in and compete and have a fresh start somewhere. So that that's that's where that all came from. Uh, not a very easy past couple of months in terms of negotiating and trying to come down to that number. It wasn't the original number, but I let uh, the people that handle that stuff for a living take care of that. And I was just working on, you know, becoming more healthy, just working out and grinding and doing all those things that I can control and letting the people that um, that's their forte to do so with that. And then real quick, uh, Sam reached out to you. What was that conversation like? And were you shocked that he got your number before his, before you got his? <laughs> no, I mean, Sam and I, we've known each other for a few years now. Uh, great guy. And just, you know, welcomed me in, had, had tips uh, where to start looking for houses and, and all that. Just, no, he, he Sam's a great guy and uh, looking forward to being in that, that locker room and that quarterback room with him and competing and, and challenging each other. And uh, it's, it's going to be special. You know, I think we're going to, we'll help each other out quite a bit. And uh, no, not, not shocked at all. That's just who he is. Great guy. You, you can write whatever story you want about him, but he, he's a good guy that wants to help his team win and, and loves football. Uh, Baker, welcome to Charlotte. Scott Fowler from the local paper here, the Charlotte Observer. Uh, 
coming to Charlotte uh, certainly is a fresh start for you, I'm sure. And I'm, I'm sure you didn't come uh, with the idea of being a backup quarterback. So do you anticipate being the starting quarterback here? Well, I think when you're at any level uh, as high as this in the NFL, uh, nobody has the, uh, the mentality of being a backup. We're at this level because we compete to be the very best. And um, that's why Sam's here as well. And that's why Matt Corral just got drafted and PJ Walker's competed and fought through a lot of adversity as well. And so, you know, my intention is to become the best quarterback I can be, uh, help this team win. And that's why um, I'm happy to be in, in Carolina is this, you know, I feel like the team's very close to being really, really good. We just had to put the pieces together and come together as a team. And um, however that happens, you know, I'm going to do my job. I'm going to, you know, fill whatever role is to be expected of me and be a great leader and a great teammate. And just quick follow-up to that. But speaking of being on the cusp of being really, really good, you've been on a playoff team before, won a playoff game. Does this have the feel to you of a playoff team? You know, I, I can't say that for certain yet because I've only talked to guys over the phone. Uh, even when I came into the facility, everybody's on vacation. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to put any predictions out there by any means. But uh, just the, the feel of the guys that are so welcoming, it, it feels like there's really good camaraderie. It feels like everybody's on the same page. And that, that's a great foundation to build something special. So we'll, we'll see where we can go with it. Thank you. Yeah. All right, let's go to Augusta Stone, followed by Joe Person and then Will Palachik. <laughs> Hey, Baker, how are you? I'm Augusta Stone with Panthers.com. Welcome to Charlotte. Thank you. Um, I wanted to ask you, you know, your process getting acclimated to the new playbook, building chemistry, like you said, over the phone. Um, how does that process change when it's sort of, you know, kind of put quickly now with two weeks until reporting day for training camp in Spartanburg? Um, there's a lot of cramming. Um, the past uh, week or so, a few days, ever since becoming a Carolina Panther, um, it have been a lot of just getting to know everybody, talking over the phone, finally officially get the playbook today. And so um, there'll be a lot of studying, a lot of cramming, and we'll also, you know, still working out and doing all that. So it's a pretty hectic couple of weeks right here before training camp, but it's it's so exciting. Um, it's, you know, the start of this new chapter and, it, you know, trying to balance out how much to, uh, you know, reach out to guys, get to know them as teammates, while also realizing that I have to know my job in and out uh, better than most. So that it's, there's a lot of balance and priorities to be had. Hey, Baker. Good to see you. It's Joe Person. I'm with The Athletic in Charlotte. And uh, I have two. I'll just fire the first one at you. Okay. Um, Scott Fitter was just on here, and he talked about how he really likes kind of your fiery, competitive nature that some people, you know, have certain avenues have sort of tried to use against you, I guess you'd say. Had, did you learn anything in, in Cleveland that that whole four years there that, you know, will you do anything differently, I guess, uh, as you come to show? Uh, I mean, I, I think there's definitely, <laughs> there was a lot of lessons to and experiences that I learned from when it comes to, um, you know, keeping some things in house, uh, but also being, being myself. That, that's why I was drafted there uh, was to help turn, that place around and to be the best version of myself. I think it's easy to get lost in, you know, stories and media at the same time. So it's, it's tricky to balance, but um, yeah, that's, and that's the conversations, the multiple conversations that I've had with Scott and coach rule about um, they want me to be myself you know, be a good leader, be a great teammate, but I've always been vocal and uh, being able to bring guys and elevate them. So uh, there's, 
there's balance, but that, that competitive nature, that'll never go away. If I do that, then I, I shouldn't be playing anymore. So and that's what's gotten me here, helped get me here, and uh, I'll, I'll have to continue to do that. And then the follow-up, that there's been talk that you might, you, you and Sam potentially might try to do a, a little sort of throwing session or throwing camp before training camp. Are you going to have time to do that, and do you think that's going to come together? Yeah, I think that's pretty important for um, – for myself, especially to get to get some reps with some of these guys I have never thrown with um, and just to get to know them more importantly. So just whether it's, you know, one throwing session before training camp and just having a couple meals and sitting down with the guys. I think that's that's so vital to building chemistry uh, and just talking through things, making sure we're on the same page and having that great relationship to where, you know, if there's critiques, it's not personal. It's all for the betterment of the team. And I want to have that open relationship with these guys. Hey, Baker, uh, Will Pelagic from WFNZ Radio, the sports talk station here in Charlotte. Um, a lot of the analysis I hear from people who've seen you play is that all they need is the 2020 Baker, and this could be a playoff team. This could be a big, big year for the Panthers. What was it about you know, the 2020 Baker Mayfield version that you feel like you have to bottle up to try and bring into this year? I know health is a big part of it, but I guess what do you need to reclaim in your game in order to to put this team in the best foot forward? Uh, for me, freedom uh, of, you know, making sure what I'm seeing at the line of scrimmage and putting ourselves in the best position possible. Um, you know, I think based on my conversations with Coach McAdoo and Coach Rule, just, you know, if you if you make an audible, you change a play. You better have an explanation and a reasoning why. And we're going to be aggressive. So for me, that that's that's that mindset that I've always had. It's just put our guys in the best position to win. You know, if there's a one on one, trust our guys to go make a play. If they load the box up, let's throw it. If they if they want to check out and play coverage, let's run the ball. And it's just it's that mindset of being free and you know putting our guys in the best position possible to win. Um, you know, when it comes to the 2020, I think that that's it's an interesting. Uh, time period because we were learning a playbook during COVID um, and during the pandemic from afar doing Zoom meetings. So for me, it's there was a little bit of a learning curve with that. But it, at a certain point, halfway through that year, I just let it go and started playing ball. And for me, that was just being myself and being a great teammate. And secondly, uh, and you touched on this with, with Augustus' question a little bit, but but how would you calculate the difficulty of trying to learn this offense basically with two weeks to go before training camp and and so that you're not that far behind where Sam is from an aptitude standpoint going mm -hmm. into Spartanburg you know what uh fortunately it, it's uh, it comes from an unfortunate circumstance where I've learned uh, four different playbooks in uh, four years so it's not like this is my my first time around having to learn something new uh obviously the time crunch is the difference but it's it's mostly about terminology, you know, uh, just getting these getting the new formations, the names of that down, the different names for the concepts and just, you know, comparing that and, you know, making it all similar for me and uh, really just making those comparisons and continuing to to grow in that. Luckily, I have a history with James Camp and the O-line coach, so I know his terminology. Um, and so that's that's probably I'm very thankful for that. That would be the hardest one is if it was a complete new offensive line system, protection schemes and all that, that'd be very difficult. So I'm looking forward to being able to continue that with coach Campen and, and uh, spreading my knowledge with that. Thank you, Baker. Thank you. Uh, we'll go to uh, Trayvon miles, Deshaun Brown, and then Nick Carboni, please. 
Hey, Baker. Welcome to Carolina. Trayvon Miles from uh, ABC 11 in Raleigh, Durham. <laughs> uh, I saw that you said that you had uh, known Christian for a while, back, uh, before 2015. Um, I was wondering um, if you had spoke to him, if you spoke to anybody else on the offensive side of the ball, and what do you think about those weapons that you're coming into um, and ahead on this team? Yeah, first of all, I think the team has a ton of great weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Um, obviously, defense has played great. But for me, I've talked to most of the guys in the offense, um, almost all of them. And, you know, it, it's a lot of talent. There's a lot of <laughs> a lot of mouths and hands to be fed, uh, which is exciting. And obviously, improvements on the O-line, bringing guys in, it's going to be competitive. I just think it's all headed in the right direction to have a very competitive uh, offensive team. And that's great. Anytime you have competition inside the building, it makes everybody better. Uh, and when it comes to Christian, he's a, you know, he's a more on the quiet side, soft-spoken guy, but works his tail off and uh, had a relationship with him since 2015, going back to the ESPN college awards show and um, had lunch with him, uh, you know, just randomly uh, and, you know, connected and had a friendship ever since. Just a special guy, cares about his teammates, cares about winning a ton. And um, that's something that we definitely clicked on. And I'm, you know, very thankful to be able to have that relationship continue now. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Baker. My name is Deshaun Brown. I am with the ABC affiliate here in Charlotte. Welcome. Thank you. I wanted to ask, we heard from GM Scott Fitterer a few moments ago mentioning essentially the references the team has gotten regarding your character and everyone going to bat for you. And I'd also read where you shared you're excited for your teammates to get to know the real you. How would you describe what potentially has been misunderstood or where people misinterpret who you are? Um. I don't think it's a misinterpretation. I think it's just a, a lack of being in the building and being around me when I'm uh, going through this work process and having fun playing this game of football that I love so much. You know, it's sometimes authenticity and, and playing with a passion can be, um, you know, opinionated and taken for what you, what it's worth. But, you know, I only care about the guys within our and the people within our building, uh, of how I treat them, you know, the sacrifices that we make for each other on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, we, we spend a lot of times away from our families together to work for a common goal. And that's that's a special bond that not many get to experience. It's very different from a normal workplace. And so for me, it's all about sacrificing for each other and, you know, putting that respect uh, up front and foremost. It's just, it's about respect, knowing that uh, you take care of each other, they're going to take care of you. And, and, and it's just a, you know, a mutual relationship. And so love this game of football and you know, blessed to be able to play it, but um, that that those misinterpretations or, or however you want to call it, that's quite frankly, I don't care. Um, yeah, I care about the opinions within our building because we're we're fighting for the same goal. Thank you. Thank you, Baker and Nick Carboni from NBC and Charlotte. Welcome. Uh, two two, but one really quick one. I know it's number six has always been important to you. It's it's worn now by new punter Johnny Hecker. Has that been a thought to to maybe work something out with him to get that, or would you be open to wearing something else? <laughs> um, I I guess it's it's time to break the news. I made a made a deal, did my own negotiating with Johnny. Um, obviously, when, when it comes to a four time All Pro, um, had to ask permission. You know, was willing to make those sacrifices, and he's a guy that. Uh, He's got a chip on his shoulder as well, you know, undrafted free agent, uh, spent his whole career with the Rams, and now he's got a chip on his shoulder. And, uh, no, I've had fun getting to know him over the phone. He seems like a great guy and a great leader. Um, you know, six is special to me, not because it, it was ever my favorite number. 
it was the number I was given as a walk-on at Texas Tech. And when I transferred, the people at Oklahoma thought it was my favorite number, so they just gave it to me again. And so it's just stuck with me. To me, it kind of symbolizes my story, uh, my history with that. And um, I, I truly enjoy being able to represent that. And uh, it's something special to me now. But, but at first, it was not. So I'm thankful for Johnny being uh, reasonable and, and giving up his number for uh, such a veteran of that many years. And uh, real quick, Baker Mayfield there, the introductory press conference. Turns out it's going to wear six here. Johnny Hecker gave in. Uh, we got a lot to react to with the Baker Mayfield press conference. What stood out most to you? That's next on Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ.